Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Oh, say can see. If you're an American and you're professing to be a Christian, well, of course, as American citizens, what we want is accountable leadership. Why don't we throw in a constitution so they know what's in that? Get engaged in the political process. Honest. You, my friend, are part of the problem and not the solution. Compassion. The church needs to rise. Rise. The Monica Matthews, Monica Matthews Show. Show. Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy hump day to you. A little over a week and a half. Oh, before four more years begins, hopefully. And quite possibly a lot of civil unrest. What are you guys doing to plan for that? I live in the city of Atlanta. We've been known to burn a few things down when we're not happy. Take over the streets with armed black militia. Unbelievable. But probably coming to a city near you. What are your plans for election night? If you live in a metropolitan area, that's my question to you. That is a question that I am currently weighing in my household. Um... Early voting going on all over the country. I participated yesterday, actually. I thought, you know what? A good friend of mine running for office um, called and said, hey, just voted for myself. The lines are low and uh, about to walk over and celebrate with a glass of vino. Uh, Come join us. And I thought, you know what? Yep, that's exactly what I'm going to (laughs) do. So uh, it took me maybe 15, 20 minutes by the time I got through the line Um, clearly, you know, I live in a very, uh, liberal area of my city. Um, and we were voting in a public library. And so people attempted to behave while they were in line. As soon as they voted, they came out, you know, like they had just won a brand new car on the price is right. Uh, very excited for their, uh, respective votes. And many of them appeared to be uh, excited about ousting the president. Astounding, quite honestly. Some people were uh, excited because it was the first time they had ever voted. Mm -hmm. So, yes, the Democrats have done a good job uh, of getting people out to vote. I will say this. um, In my city, and this is something for you to report if it's happening in yours, please keep your eyes open when you go to vote. No one asked me to remove my shades or my mask. And a mask was mandatory in order to come into the uh, polling station. No one asked me to prove that I was who my ID said I was, at least by virtue of facial recognition. That is a problem. It should be a problem. Um, My ID, the only other thing I signed was an affidavit saying that I am a resident of my county because my driver's license is different than um than what showed up uh apparently what shows up at my polling station 
um, as being a resident. So again, I'm not totally sure about all of the checks and balances, but I will say this, uh, very easy for someone to walk in with someone else's ID uh, and never have it go uh, noticed. So, uh, or a, I would imagine a fake ID is probably not that difficult either. And how many dead folks have we had send in their absentee ballots? A friend of mine tells me that their parent who lives in a uh, very rural area of Georgia uh, still has not, and an elderly person still has not received their uh, absentee ballot. Now, I want you to ask yourself, what are the chances of this person receiving it uh, filling it out, sending it back in all before election day. What are the chances of that happening? And see, what happens is that then people like Stacey Abrams are able to champion their cause for, you know, un- untold millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in 501c3 profits um, about voter suppression, right? Well, these people, they're... They never even got, well, yeah, well, who made sure they didn't get their absentee ballot? So a lot of shady things going on. I'm not just saying that because I'm a, I'm a Trump supporter. I'm saying that because it's actually true. Speaking of shady, not only do we have grown men masturbating on their fondling themselves, at the very least, on work uh, Zoom calls. Yes, please, ladies and gentlemen, please take note that even if you have a piece of tape over your camera, for those of you who just can't keep your hands off of yourselves or can't show up for a meeting with, you know, decency, uh, please know that someone's always watching. And your work call is probably not the place for you to be exercising, you know, things that uh, most sane and decent people uh, would choose to do in private. But... Nevertheless, this coming from the man who um, really socked it to Judge Kavanaugh in his se- Justice Kavanaugh uh, in his, I believe it was his second accuser, false accuser who came forward with false accusations about sexual impropriety. Um, and yes, Mr. Tubin mm, uh, said that uh, you know he he stood by that and 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 felt as though that was a story that could be corroborated. Um, so it's just kind of interesting to me how you start watching um, all the little soldiers fall who have stood against otherwise godly people. I notice I didn't say completely perfected, um, but otherwise godly people. And, you know, the word tells us not to mess with God's anointed. And I dare say that Justice Kavanaugh has proven in the end that um that he was beyond reproach he was above reproach now maybe he had a moment of uh falling apart as someone so eloquently pointed out to me today that during his confirmation hearings he actually did lose it well of course he did after days and days and days of being badgered and falsely accused there's only so much a person can take of that and i understand that he is a justice of the supreme court and should be able to um keep himself uh, uh, together, uh, and composure it, and, and a temperament is, is crucial. Um, but there's only so much the human spirit can take. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett also, you know, I, I literally want to come through the, uh, the television and just 
Yeah. Uh, How the people of Hawaii can continue to vote for the lunacy they do is truly beyond me. Uh, But to ask, uh, you know, this mother of of seven children, uh, you know, do do you... um, have you, do you have a, a history of sexual, you know, impropriety in your past? And I'm thinking, wow, here we go again. Uh, so the Democrats are hung up on sex, sex, sex. And we know why, because now, uh, because it is the party of death, hell, and destruction and all things indecent, in my humble opinion, uh, always has been and always will be. Uh, now we have the presidential candidate himself uh, aligned with his pedophile son, allegedly, who has uh, conversations on his computer with a minor, with someone uh, roughly the age of 14 years, and this information was shared with his father. Now, what are Democrats going to do with that? What else is on that computer? And so you have the left, you have people in high, high levels of uh, our government agencies who are attempting to shut this story down. You got to know it's a sad day and a very important day for you to pay attention to when the New York Post, a serious ragamuffin in this nation, uh, purporting to be a, you know, to have or exercise journalistic integrity, when they are silenced, you need to pay attention. When their accounts are shut down online, you need to pay attention. There's information there that should absolutely upend Joe Biden's candidacy. Now, where that leaves the Democrats, I have no idea. Very disappointed in our Department of Injustice at this point. Very disappointed in our Senate Judiciary. I am beyond myself um, that here we are. This isn't just a smoking gun. Uh, this is wow. So there's a child in the trunk found naked, um, molested, raped, tortured, but let's close it until after the election because it's just not expedient for us to address this right now. I mean, it's, it's truly, it's, it's a, it's just, it's a molestation of justice. It's a molestation of you, of me, of our heart and soul as a nation of our minds, you know, I, I watched Fox this evening and the big question was, you know, should we make uh, America boring again was on the five, right? Cause the president's like, if you don't vote for me, then politics is going to go back to being dull. And, and some people are just wiped to the hell out from all of the drama. That is what the left does it. That's what Satan does. He creates havoc and chaos and confusion for one reason to wipe you out to wear you down so the the answer to that is simply this the word says that those whose eyes are steadfast upon the lord are kept in perfect what Peace. And Jesus says, I leave you with my peace, not the peace the world offers you. The world offers us temporary peace. Things that we think bring us peace are are usually temporary fixes because we're so tired of the chaos. Think of all the capitulation that we see going on around us right now. 
because people are afraid. People are afraid of the implications thereof. People are tired. People are afraid of, of losing their vote or their base or their neighbor or their best friend or their standing in church, you know, or that tithe that they're counting on every month for the new building fund, right? Even though it's going to be a virtual building at this point for in perpetuity. So it's, I want to implore you, this is something I bring to my show that I don't think many others do because it's my calling, it's my lane, and I love it, and it is impossible for me not to continue to remind you of things of above because they're the only things that are going to stand. When all of this is gone, when we actually do become a socialist nation. If you don't think it's coming, you are asleep. Do I think we can stave it off for for maybe another generation? I don't know. I'll be honest with you. The depravity, the cultural depravity, the moray of this nation is so beyond. And not only, here's the thing, it's not only a, a spiritual more, it's a political more where, where our morality is has dictated us right into oppression. How do I know that? It's not just about sex all the time. It's about our freedom in every area of our lives. There are still people who honestly believe that face masks work. These are people who actually graduated from college and took a few biology classes. These are people who understand that that spores, that viral spores have a certain size. They have a masks have a certain uh, level of permeability. Very, very simple, basic science. Ask your fifth grader. Ask your fifth grader. But some people have been so quickly brainwashed and they've and you've been threatened that you can't shop here, you can't dine here, you can't hang out here, you can't come to church here, you can't worship here, you can't have your teeth cleaned here. I mean, you can't do anything unless you're wearing a mask. And some of you, and proudly so, have and and commendably so, have have uh, have bucked the system, said, hell no, we won't go. Then we just won't shop here. Or I'm going to come in and good luck, you can arrest me. And some of you have been arrested. I've seen it online. And good for you. Some things are worth fighting for. Some hills are absolutely worth dying on. And you know how I know that? Because millions of people have died on the hills of the liberty that we're able to now rest on. But resting does not mean resting, putting your face down in the water to uh, lap it up. What it means is bringing that water up to your face and taking a sip as you continue to fight the good battle. It is incumbent upon us, ladies and gentlemen, to stand where others have fallen. It is incumbent upon us to stand where others have spilled their blood, given all that these are not just talking points for me. It is absolutely true. And more so in my, in my personal life, in my own soul's life. And your soul not being okay, I will say this. Dana Perino tonight said something very moving. She said, you know, if you're looking for, um, and she said this may not be popular for those of you watching, she said, but, you know, I, I really mean this. If you're looking for your government to bring you peace, it kind of what I'm saying, but she didn't say it with quite such a religious overtone. Um, if you're looking for the government to bring you peace, if you're looking to the White House or any administration to bring peace to your family, to cause your life to be less dramatic, 
you're looking in the wrong mirror. You're looking in the wrong direction. It all begins with you and your own respective homes. And that is unequivocally true. She is spot on about that. And I've said it since I got on the air. I said it my full time in ministry. Everything matters and everything begins in our own mirrors. So for me, in my own life and in my own heart, it is, you know, yesterday I had a, I had a rough choice to make. I'm not going to lie. And, and I, 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 um, I'm, I'm going to share this with you. I do believe our votes are private and there's a reason for that. But I also realize that I'm a public figure and there are many of you who reach out to me to ask, who should I vote for? Well, I can't really tell you that. That is not my burden. I will tell you who I vote for and, and why, or who I don't vote for and why. And in this case, in my, in my state of Georgia, I had a very difficult decision to make. Difficult because I actually have a lot of respect for the person I ended up not voting for. And the respect I have for this person is because he did go to battle for my president. And he went to battle in a valiant way and, um, and, and has proven himself um, on a number of levels to me that matter, that matter. Now, he has certainly not, um, he has not been the valiant leader I hoped he would be with regard to criminal justice. And I'm not talking about reform because criminal justice reform, you have to understand, means you do not take into account what the actual statistics are of crimes perpetuated by, um, by criminal gang elements. That is the new, that is considered criminal justice reform is that you deny and you hide and you lie and you, um, capitulate and you put on ankle monitors that go, that have no signal, uh, and you have a revolving door of perpetrators who perpetrate terror on, uh, neighborhoods, cities, systems, their crime syndicates all over this nation, all over the world. Uh, but here in this nation, and whenever I asked Congressman Doug Collins whether or not he would support a federal, um, a federal gang initiative, a statute, um, his answer was you know, very honest and, and very political, to be quite honest, uh, candid. Um, it was, well, it would depend on what's in it. <laughs> it kind of made me laugh because <laughs> I'm like, well, you know what? <laughs> God bless you, sir. That's just, that's a very smart answer. It's a very safe answer. Well, let's talk about what's in it, Doug. <laughs> let's talk about what would be in it. Well, Senator Kelly Leffler has put her beautiful long neck out on the line uh, to say that she would, in fact, be in favor of a federal gang statute. And she's the only person uh, who I've heard on either side of the aisle, uh, of, of, of any color persuasion, uh, any political persuasion, uh, spiritual persuasion, and sex persuasion, to say, hey, let's get this thing done, because this is a real serious and viable threat to our nation, to our communities, and it's something that we need to pay attention to. And I applaud her for that. She's blonde, she's white, she's wealthy, and she's the newcomer. And she had enough, mm, we'll just keep it clean, say moxie, to, um, and some, you know, some people would call it heart. I say that takes an enormous amount of stones to, um, 
to put yourself out there as a freshman appointed, somewhat hated uh, leg- uh, uh, senator, U.S. senator, to step forward as a female and say, let's get this thing done. She's also in lockstep with our governor here in the state of Georgia, who has worked tirelessly, campaigned on on uh, criminal justice, quote, reform, getting rid of the gangs. That's, you know, that would be actual reform because right now we're feeding them. Right now we allow them to continue business as usual in our prison system, uh, which you can thank people like Stacey Abrams for and our former governor, let's make a deal. Uh, people who were very lax, who felt like if we just counsel them, you know, we give them enough tries, put them on that point system, you know, one, two, three, oops, you're not out. <laughs> let's just let you walk a couple of times, a couple of bases, and see whether or not you can get yourself together. It rarely works out that way. And they normally end up creating more victims along their walk path, which is what's happened in Atlanta. And we've seen crime skyrocket here, to which no one's answering for. So, all that to say, when I got in my voting booth yesterday, I still had no idea if I was gonna if I was going to mark X for uh, Congressman Doug Collins or if I was going to mark X for Senator uh, Kelly Leffler, the incumbent. And ultimately, I checked the box for Kelly Leffler. And the only reason, um, one of several reasons, I have not been a fan of Senator Leffler's is um, I'm slightly suspicious of her stock options. I'm not going to lie. Secondly, most important to me, I'll be honest with you, most important to me, I'm extraordinarily suspicious of her husband's intentions uh, toward our First Amendment rights. And I mean all of them and primarily religious freedom. So as the chairman of our chamber here in Georgia, um, during his tenure, he fought hard. Our chamber came out hard against a Religious Freedom Restoration Act that divided the state, divided the country for a while too. Lies perpetuated by heads of corporations, by people much like her husband, who um, who championed, false accusations against anyone who would support a RIFRA legislation, false numbers, false reporting. Um, it was awful. And whenever I took people to task of the corporate nature in my own social uh, surroundings, because I'm a member of several different um, uh, networking groups with Fortune 500 execs and, and people who are lo- of the lobbying persuasion, uh, people who would get up at a, at a dinner, $500 plate dinner and, and, you know, cast dispersions upon a piece of legislation they had never read. I mean, that's the level of feelings we deal with in this country. And what happens is your First Amendment rights get tossed out the window. Your right to assemble, your right to worship. Well, of course you can believe whatever you want to believe. Sure, but can we exercise that? And this was never about gays and baking cakes. That's just, it's a part of it. But it's really to compel the, the onus should be on the state to have a compelling reason, like an over an overwhelming compelling reason to come after your ability to exercise your faith, to exercise your faith. So ultimately, we lost out on RIFRA, and we saw people on the right uh, go down in flames just buying into the fear, oh, I'm going to lose my base. We're going to lose the house. We're gonna, And I'm like, well, fun fact, you're going to lose the house eventually because you harbor someone who is in favor of um, delaying justice 
The primary reason I could not vote for Doug Collins in good conscience yesterday was due to a number of families that I have had personal contact with who were victims of delayed justice at the hand of our Speaker of the House here in Georgia, David Ralston. He, Doug Collins, was endorsed by Speaker Ralston, and proudly so, and it grieved me. And a vote for Doug Collins was going to be a yes and a nod and an attaboy to Speaker Ralston. And there's not two snowballs chances in hell that I was going to align myself with that. Couldn't do it. So even though I do not trust the Leffler family in terms of the husband and what type of an influence he may have on Senator Leffler, I just felt like for me and my family, I've wiped the tears, I've hugged the necks, I've seen the faces, I've had them on my show of victims who were shamed, families who were told, well, you should have, uh, you should have kept your daughter safe, you, you shouldn't have allowed a pastor into your home and done a better job of keeping your daughter safe from a, from a pedophile who would creep into your living room and, at night and, uh, and molest and rape your daughter. That's on you. Yeah, it's pretty vile. It, and, and to be quite honest with you, there are people in some very interesting positions in our state legislature who, um, who, if you didn't know any better, would think we're you know just pedophile friendly. No thanks. Wasn't going to have that on my voting record. So I just couldn't do it. And as and as a as a survivor of 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 sexual violence, there was no way it could happen. And so. I let the Collins family know yesterday I wanted them to be the first to know before I announced it publicly uh, because I have had Congressman Collins on my show uh, a number of times, and I, you know, I've worked very well with his, uh, his campaign, his administration. They've all been extremely accessible, um, very you know, uh, forthright with information, uh, you know, giving of their time, I, and I have appreciated that. They've made themselves available and believe me when, and and they've done so in a very polite manner. And I got to tell you something as someone in media that matters, manners matter. They just do. And so Doug Collins has always been a gentleman. He's always, you know, shot straight with me. And Hey, even on the federal gang statute, he shot very straight. He was not going to give me an answer about something that was in hypothetical uh, and something that he had not honestly, quite obviously given a whole hell of a lot of thought to. So, and I wasn't really impressed with his criminal justice reform as it stands. The First Step Act, you know, has a, has a lot more steps to go before it actually works the way that it should. And I understand the president's very proud of that, as are blacks and others and pastors and people who are all excited about getting people out of jail. Um, I get it. But a lot of people have been let out of jail um, who should not have been let out of jail, primarily because they want to exercise that First Step Act. Well, we've got about 20 more steps to go, in my humble opinion, before it's actually perfected. So, uh, so much going on. I mean, and you got to know that, you know, Hunter Biden and his laptop and the CIA and the FBI and agencies that historically most of us have been like, well, I know we see movies that we shouldn't really trust these guys, but holy crap, like here it is. I mean, they're all trying to obstruct uh, information getting to your ears and to the ears of voters before November 3rd. Like I said, pay attention. 
when the New York Post is being silenced, when their voices are being uh, snuffed out, it's definitely time for you to uh, pay attention because the New York Post would never flip and capitulate to the right. It just wouldn't happen. So sadly, I think you have a lot of low information voters who have been hoorahed into, ooh, this could be our first time that we vote ever in generations. Uh, for some of us, a runoff in certain areas and districts would be the best thing that could ever happen for us because historically speaking, Democrats do not come out for runoffs and don't let it rain. But uh, that's a whole other story. So uh, yeah, the world is burning. The world will always be burning. So I'm going to address something that is a little touchy um, for some of you. I, sadly, it, it cannot be a comprehensive, uh, this will not be a comprehensive um conversation on this this evening but but I did say that I would I would brush upon it because I've had several of you reach out and say oh my gosh what do you think of this madness so the pope has come out and said that he, all uh, everyone is is god's everyone are god's children and they are um even gays and gays should be allowed uh civil unions now I did not see him use the term married he used the term civil union. Now, and uh, some of you, so I, I posed the question on Twitter, and you never ceased, you know, you never fail uh, with your answers. And I asked you to be civil because you, because you need, you should be. There's, there's no reason for us not to be able to address things of this nature, things of the world, and not be civil about them. And so I asked you guys to just not be mean spirited and tell me what you thought about the Pope's decision to stand by civil unions for gays and saying, hey, you know, they should all be welcome. They're all children of God. We are all children of God, all created beings. Okay. So I I wanted to touch on that this evening because most of you were actually, you know, very clear about, wow, is the Pope actually Catholic? You know, some of you are just having a really hard time with this. And others aren't surprised at all. And others are like, well, yeah, very few of you agreed with them, which I thought was interesting. Uh, and the numbers are going up. You can keep up with that on my Twitter feed, Monica, on your talk. Um, the responses are going up. But as for me and mine, some of you could not possibly care less because you're just like so over the whole, you know, sex thing and who sleeps with who. And, and to be honest with you, I'm, I kind of fall in that category um, unless you come to my church with, and I'm a pastor of that church with your um with doctrine that that might be slightly different from uh slightly skewed from the doctrine that I've uh subscribed to and been and been taught all of these years I will say this homosexual homosexuality is not the unpardonable sin I think we could probably I could just say full stop and bid you adieu and see y'all tomorrow on that one uh, and let you guys chew on that overnight, but some of you need it. But it's true. It's not the unpardonable sin. I will say that every single created being, if it is breathing air, is comes from the creator of all life, all things visible and invisible. Now, here's where you get into doctrinal differences. So, and you get into semantics. And this is where some of you lawyers will love all of this. But and, and, you know, the devil's in the details, but so is God, right? Truth and mercy have kissed. I want to start there. That is scriptural. If you are speaking truth to people and it is not flowing through the mercy seat of Christ, you err. And you are doing more damage than you could ever imagine. And most of us do damage because we're just ignorant. 
I love what my late pastor used to teach us. On any given day, we're all operating at our highest level of ignorance. I love that because <laughs> it's so true and it just keeps me humble. And it's just honest. And if we're honest with ourselves, none of us have, have you know, none of us have arrived fully. Some of us just live at different levels of our of, of ignorance on any given day. And that's okay. It's okay. Um, but continue to grow. Continue to strive to understand and to seek Him. You know, to seek knowledge. To seek uh, heavenly wisdom. Aside from earthly wisdom. Which has yield. The yield on that is totally different than heavenly wisdom. Right? Heavenly wisdom usually will provide you with peace. It may be disturbing to your spirit on some level, but for the most part, you're at peace because you understand that some things are just out of your control. And some things are so much bigger than us. And the cavern, the vastness of God's forgiveness and mercy is so deep and so wide and so tall that we can't even fathom it. For some of you, it sounds like I'm about to capitulate. I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to go back to the term civil union. For those of you who are my followers who are gay and you are, quote, married because you have been given a license to be married uh, by the state because our Supreme Court decided that you have a right to be husband and wife, wife and wife, husband and husband, whatever all of that looks like, okay, in in your respective home. But you have a right to, quote, be married. I've said for a number of years, particularly when I was in ministry, that whenever it comes to things of the state, okay, and things like civil union, that marriage really is between, we understand the the institution of marriage, right, between a man and a wife. A man will leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife, okay? And historically speaking, a wife indicated a female. A wife indicated Eve, and the husband indicated Adam, So historically speaking, as the church goes, very basic, basic church 101 and uh, procreation 101, go forth and multiply. Okay, in order to do that, it was going to require sperm and egg. Those are things that are proliferated, (laughs) propagated, and otherwise multiplied by men and women. Okay, so for but it, it it is a it is a contract. Historically speaking, marriage is a contractual agreement. Uh, boy, I could go through the history of this as where women were property. Women had no rights for a very long period of time. Uh, if one husband died, the brother was supposed to take her in, and and next in line was supposed to take care of her. Uh, in the New Testament, Paul talks about if you're a widow, indeed. Uh, The church was supposed to take care of you, let the younger widows marry, lest they burn with passion, because they've already been married, right? But the church, um, the onus was on the church to take care of the widows, and the the older widows, um, who were the the wives of one husband, and, you know, I mean, there's a checklist of stuff, and if you're not careful, you just get tossed all around with a religious spirit with all of that mess. But as it pertains to what the Pope said, if he stopped at civil union, that is a very important place uh, from which to judge whether or not you agree with the Pope. Now, I notice I didn't say homosexuality. We're talking about the meat of the issue, which is civil, uh, which are civil uh, unions between gays, and whether or not the church should recognize that. Now, if, if the church is recognizing that as a civil union, that's one thing. 
If the church is recognizing that as a marriage, that's another thing. I have I have never attended a wedding of uh, my friends who are gay because whether it's man to man, woman to woman, uh, trans to non-trans. I mean, and I have friends in all walks of life. To be honest with you, I have followers from all walks of life and listeners. Um, and so I am not the person who will be, um, sitting on anyone's judgment seat. I trust me. I, uh, I am firmly planted on my own judgment seat most days and harshly so. So, you know, Jesus is forever attempting to pluck my fingers and my, uh, uh, you know, from, from the sides of my own judgment seat, uh, where I sit daily. Uh, and he has to remind me that I am not even my own ultimate judge. I am to judge myself lest I be judged. But in terms of, you know, we can be our own worst enemies with judgment and especially without mercy. It just depends on how we've been raised and what comes down to us through the generations. Amen. So it's certainly, it's beyond me. It's beyond my call to, um, to look at two people who believe that, you know, their sexuality is, um, I'm going to use the term deviant only in the sense that we do have norms. And so if your sexual behavior deviates from the cultural norm, that, uh, that, that, would, um, that would indicate that your sexuality is of a deviant nature only by virtue of the normative, right? And so that's not casting uh, judgment or condemnation. It's, it just is what it is in, in any given, I mean, for God's sakes, if we were in Rome and everybody was gay and I was straight, I would be the deviant. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's okay, relax. But as it pertains to whether or not the church should um, should cheer for or otherwise champion civil unions, um, I have long stood by if people wanted the state to acknowledge their union so that they can have benefits of their partners so that they can um, experience the same benefits that married otherwise married people do um, and this in the state wants to um, put their stamp of approval on that in the way of a civil union that is a civil union to me that is very different from a um from a marriage you can call me wrong call me semantical i whatever uh i will always believe that a marriage um is between a husband and a wife of a biological male and biological female and who identify their sexuality as male and female now there are 110,000 reasons I believe why homosexuality, and that's why I preface this entire conversation with this is not going to be a comprehensive conversation uh, this evening because it would take me entirely too long. And I'm, and I'm usually hesitant to have talks like this, to be honest with you, especially when I was live on the radio um, and we were going through RIFRA in the state because it deserves, because you are dealing with human beings. You're dealing with human beings with uh, feelings with a heart, with a mind, who are in fact, who are in fact created by God. That's a real tough pill for some of you to swallow. You're just like, there's no way God would, I would never approve of. Well, you have no idea what has come down through the genetics, 
to through the predisposition of someone's sexuality, through the history of their bloodline. Uh, you don't know if someone has um, suffered abuse and they simply don't trust the opposite sex. That could go either way, male or female. You have no idea uh, what their what what uh, neurotransmitters they were bathed in in the womb. I mean, there are any number of um, precursors to and, and indicators to um, that could determine someone's sexuality in terms of preference of sexuality exercised. So I have no idea why. Uh, yeah, do I think that people can be born gay? Yes, I do. Do I think that God created us as homosexual beings uh, from the beginning? No, I do not. I do believe that as with all things. Um, and hear me when I say that, that that does not diminish uh, someone's humanity right now. That does, that does not diminish someone's human identity or their value their intrinsic value to their creator in any way, shape, or form if they are identifying as a homosexual being. I do not believe there's anything, and Paul says that, there is nothing that could separate us from the love of Christ. And some of you are like, well, yeah, but that's for saved people. And how can you be saved and be a homosexual? Um, And again, these are questions for our creator because only God knows what's in someone's heart, full stop. It's one of the main reasons why I fought um, pretty hard around this whole concept of of hate legislation with regard to, uh, um, oh gosh, I've got like reparations, indulgences, I've got all these things running through my head. Um, but I, I'm trying to think of like ACA. So, um, oh crap, it's in the workplace and it's specifically for accommodations. Thank you, Lord. Uh, accommodations. Right. And I'm like, engaged, especially in the state of Georgia, there just, there hasn't, they, there haven't been accommodations for gays in the workplace, uh, anti-discriminatory practices. You know, it's just a matter of it's on paper. It's, you know, you see it in your break rooms or, you know, God only knows what's happening now that everybody's virtual. Um, you know, but when people would come to work and unless you are running a ministry that has a, you know, a strict adherence to an ideology that is faith-based again, there's your first amendment. That's why it's so important and how you exercise your faith and what you're teaching the little kids in school about Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve and, and, and that they're identity, you know, and I'm, I don't say this lightly. I'm not mocking. I promise you I'm not. Uh, but w- your doctrine matters. Doctrine matters. It has to matter. It has to matter as much as our actual history, factual history of this country. It matters. Origins matter. They have to matter. Genesis matters. It has to matter. It matters in the court of law. I mean, for we have crimes of passion. We have first degree murder, second degree murder. We have um, we have uh, manslaughter. Right? What 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 was the genesis of this? Like, did you premeditate that you were going to go whack that guy off, or or you know, did you like what? Like, did you're going to take him out? Did did you was it a was it in the heat of the moment and you just lost your mind because you saw red and him in the bed with your wife and you know it just all went downhill from there and so a genesis of a thing matters 
Motives matter. And in the beginning, God created Adam and Eve. There's no confusion about that doctrinally. So with regard to accommodations, it's like, I've never really tried to make it my business who other people love or who they sleep with. Unless I was running, again, unless I'm running a church and I am a pastor who's responsible for a flock and I will be responsible to God for what I've taught that flock. And that means that I speak truth with mercy and with love and with humility or I speak nothing. I shut my doors. I don't capitulate. I don't placate. You know why? Because your freedom matters. The truth is the only thing that can unseat a lie. And so if I'm too much of a coward to speak truth and love to you, if I'm too much of a coward to stand for my First Amendment right as a pastor, to stand and tell people that of course you have intrinsic value, of course you were created equal in the eyes and the heart of God, and constitutionally we have agreed with that. Historically, it's taken us a minute to get there, and we're still growing. But in God's heart and mind, you're already equal. You're already His created being. Your sexuality is something out is something that you work out with Him. I don't know. I don't know the conversations you have with the Lord, and I, I and I and I've I've seen too many people actually have those conversations with the Lord who thought they were gay. And over time, some things were revealed to them about their lineage, about their personal lives. And um, they actually came to, you know, how to came, I guess, a come to Jesus moment in their own soul and their own mind, their own heart. And they were like, hmm, okay, well, that is no longer what I desire. And then some people never do. And so, again, who are we to judge? I will say this again. It matters. Civil union matters. As for me and mine, I wish the state would just get the hell out of marriage altogether. That would be a wonderful thing. And let it be between families and a man and a wife. And um, and so that we could take things back. Take things, um, take things, get assi- reassign the, 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 the value of marriage. Other than, you know, Jesus was very clear. When, when the Pharisees tried to tried to trap him with their question of, you know, well, is it okay for a man to divorce? The law says, you know, you can give her a writ of divorce. And, and Jesus is like, yeah, well, fun fact, fellas, um, Moses is the one who made it okay for you to just give her a writ of divorce because he knew, you know, how feeble your minds were. Uh, but that was never the intended um, purpose behind marriage. It was always the intended purpose for it to be one man and one woman. It is, I love something the Orthodox um, teach and preach and live by according to marriage, that it is the quintessential uh, visual um, relationship between God and his creation is that, is that of marriage. That is what, matter of fact, you may not know this, but in the, in an Orthodox wedding, no one takes a vow. The priest blesses you. Um, Psalms are spoken over you. You have witnesses. You have people who stand in the, you know, in the, I call it in the gap for you. Um, you have godparents who are there. Um, 
you know, it is a, you walk around the altar three times, you take communion together, like you, you are joined there. There's an understanding that's there, but yeah, sometimes I wonder about the vows (laughs) to be honest with you. And how many of us can actually keep them? The Bible warns us about, you know, let our yes be yes and our no be no. Um, wow, we ended up having like a Bible study this evening. <laughs> so I was not planning on that. But it matters. Your hearts matter. Your minds matter to me. And um, and all of this political brouhaha, you have to make your own decisions rooted in your own faith and, and ensuring that they're rooted in liberty is really the place to begin. That's what I want to leave you with tonight. I love you guys. I am so grateful for each and every one of you. Thank you for uh, for purchasing my new merchandise. I love seeing you guys in my hats and in my shirts. And now I have actually long sleeve shirts as well for those of you who live in colder climates. The shirts that read, if you're an American, act like one. We'll have other shirts, uh, other slogans coming up soon, but I really appreciate your support. You can find that at monicamatthews.com. And please share, 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 share my work. And um, get out and vote. Rock that vote and take about 500 other people with you. (laughs) That would be very helpful. Any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me at monica at monicamatthews.com. Follow me all over the place. Monica on Air Talk, the Monica Matthews on Facebook. Remember, if you're an American, do yourself a favor. Love your neighbor as yourself and act like one.